0: Well, how many of you know this morning that's the greatest thing He's ever done for anybody? (laughs) The day He died to set us free. The day He died to redeem us and make us His own. Where would we be if He had not come to do that? Where would we be this morning if He had not come to take our place, to die for our sins, to redeem us, wash us in His precious blood? Where would we be Without that today, well, indeed, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to be in this wonderful and marvelous atmosphere of worship that we're in today. I just trust you have your heart open and ready to receive everything and anything that the Lord may have for you today. Can I just say something? Certainly, uh, I just want to say, if you don't feel the Lord here today, nobody's following you. There you go. That's the truth. That's the truth. He is in this place, isn't he? He is in the house. May we open our may we learn to open our hearts to him. May we learn to open our spirits to him and to receive what the Lord has. How many of you know the Lord won't ever force himself on you? If he don't find an open door, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and do what? And knock. And if any man will do what? Open the door. See, you got to open the door. He won't kick it in. He won't make you. He won't make you. But if you'll open the door, he said, I'll come in and sup with you. I'll come in and bless you. I'll come in and do for you what nobody else can do. He'll do that if we'll open the doors, if we'll open our hearts, if we'll allow him to do so. You better stand. Let me read the scripture. I'm going to cut loose preaching right now. Uh, So go ahead and stand, if you will. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to read one verse for our text this morning. While you're doing that, let me join our pastors in saying that we are indeed delighted to see you here today. We appreciate you being in the house of the Lord. Make yourself right at home. If you're a visitor, just enjoy the blessings of the Lord with us. Let me quickly remind you again, as has already been said, tonight will be a very special time. We are going to be voting on a pastoral candidate tonight. You need to be here. Whether you can vote or not, you need to be here to sense and see and know what is taking place also tonight I will continue in the series Uh, we will take the vote right up at the first of the service while that's being counted and everything I'll go ahead and preach the very next message in this end time series so be here tonight Uh, we will be having service along with the vote so don't just let the fact that you think we're doing something business wise keep you out you be here tonight. We're going to continue and move right along in our end time series. Reading just one verse this morning. We'll be coming back to a lot of this later. But reading just one verse from Matthew 24, chapter 21. This is Jesus talking. And you remember what I've told you about you need to do when Jesus talks. You better listen really, really close. This is Jesus talking. He said, for then... We're going to talk about the then this morning. For then shall be the great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever more shall be. Jesus says there's coming a day. Unlike any day this world has ever seen, And unlike any day, it'll ever see again. That day, we often refer to, and I'm going to use it as the title of my message this morning, is the day of the great tribulation. We're going to start talking about, we can't get it all in this morning. We won't get the rest of it in tonight. We won't get the rest of it in next Sunday. There's a lot to talk about. But we're going to start talking about the great tribulation the great tribulation. Father, direct our thoughts today. Lord, you know how important your word is. And especially in this day and age that we're living in, this close hour, this close time of proximity to what we're going to be preaching about this morning. Lord, if we've ever heard the word, if we've ever heard the warning, if we've ever taken to heart What your word has to say about what's coming on to this old world, we need to hear it today. Father, I just pray that in these next few minutes, you will anoint these frail lips of clay and grant to your servant the ability to do what he cannot do in and of himself. Father, I just pray for that special anointing to come today. That you will make these words live. That you will make this message live in the lips of your servant and in the hearts of your people. Make it a great and grand hour, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In our message last Sunday, you'll remember we were giving our attention to what was going on among those that had already gone to be with the Lord. We talked last week about the rapture and we talked about the marriage supper of the Lamb and we talked about the great uh, tri- or the great judgment seat of Christ. We didn't get to the marriage supper. Let me back up on that one. We talked about the, the, the fact that we're going to the judgment seat of Christ Somewhere in connection with all of that, and we're not going to be able to cover that, but somewhere in all of that, the great marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be going on. The bottom line is, there's going to be a whole lot going on in heaven about the time the trumpet sounds and we leave here, rise into the heavens to meet our Lord, to be reunited with loved ones, and to receive the rewards that the Lord is going to give to those who, Who have faithfully served him. All of that is going to be going on in the heavens, and that's where we were last Sunday, yonder in the heavens after being caught up. But I want you to understand something at this point in the end time events, at this juncture in which we're preaching and looking at end time events, you need to clearly keep in your mind that there are things that are going to be taking place simultaneously on three different stages, if you please. There are going to be things going on in heaven, like what we talked about last week. At the same time, there are going to be things going on on this earth. And at the same time, there are going to be things going on in hell. You need to keep those three distinctions in mind. Because again, there'll be things going on yonder in the heavens. And at the same time that all that rejoicing and all of that rewarding and all of that is going on. On this earth, there's going to be things going on that you don't want to be a part of. (coughs) And at the same time, there'll be things going on in hell that you don't want to be a part of. So as we move forward in this series, keep that in mind. That there are three stages, if you please. And there's something going on on each different stage. Things going on in heaven. Things going on on this earth. And things going on in hell. Now, what I want you to remember is this. That we're going to return today and for the next few messages, we're going to return to this earth. Yes, the last week we were in heaven watching the things that were going on there. Today, we're going to come back to this earth. And what I want you to do is to think with me for a few moments. (coughs) Do you have any idea what it's going to be like on this earth right after our Lord has come? Have you ever given much thought to what it's going to be like here on planet Earth when suddenly millions of people are missing? When suddenly the church of the Lord Jesus is gone? When suddenly God's people by the millions have just been snatched out of this world? Can you imagine what that's going to unleash and what that's going to create on this earth? The news commentators and the political pundits are going to be driving themselves crazy trying to explain what has happened. Can you imagine what CNN News is going to do with that? When suddenly millions are missing, churches, whole congregations just about have disappeared. Can you imagine what is going to be happening on this earth? When the church and God's people are suddenly taken off of this planet. Well, let me try to give you just a little snapshot of it here in the opening part of this message. If you go back to the pages of the Old Testament, you'll discover that they give us the first glimpse. Some of the Old Testament prophets even caught a glimpse of how to answer my question of what's going to be going on on this earth. For instance, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 13, he makes these statements. Listen to this. He says, How ye? For the day of the Lord is at hand. Listen to, these, listen to this description. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh both cruel with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate. Are you hearing these words? God is coming in wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate. He shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it and I will punish the world for their evil. I want to stop there just a minute. I, 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 I mean, you know, just this one passage I'm, I'm, I'm reading is a whole sermon. Can't do it. But here's an answer to a question I get asked a long time, a, a, a lot of times. How? When, Pastor, when, when, Brother Marley, when, Doyle, is all this going to stop? When, when, when is the wickedness of this world? What, what I want to know is when's God's going to stop this? Here's your answer. The wicked, God will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. There's coming a day these abortionists that murder babies by the thousands. They're going to pay for everything they've done. Isaiah saw that day coming. Isaiah says he will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity and I will cause the arrogance of the proud to cease and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Wow. You need to read that passage over and over. Go to Joel. The prophet Joel saw some of this too. Way back in the Old Testament. He saw this day I'm preaching about this morning. He says, for the day of the Lord is at hand. As a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh. For it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess. A day of clouds and thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains. There hath not been, listen to this, there hath not been ever the like. What's coming on this? There's never been anything like it. Neither shall there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. What are these prophets describing? They have been given a glimpse of the last days of this earth as we know it. Do you understand this earth as we know it? Life as we know it on this earth is coming to an end. And these prophets were given a glimpse. Even back then they were given a glimpse of what these the earth's last days are going to look like. Listen to the way they describe it. They call it a day of the day of the Lord. They call it the day of darkness, the day of vengeance, the day of wrath and anger, the day of destruction, the day of Jacob's trouble. What a description. Of what this world is headed for. What a description of what is about to break loose on this earth. Then we come to the pages of the New Testament. And we know that there we're given a few more details than what the prophets gave in the Old Testament. Listen to the words of Jesus in my text. Jesus himself said, Then shall be great tribulation... Such as was not since the beginning of the time, nor never again shall be. There's something coming on this earth, there's never been anything. We've seen some tragedies, we've seen some catastrophic events, we've seen things that have shaken this world to its core. But Jesus said what's going to happen in this day, there's never been anything like it. And there never will be again when it's over. (laughs) There never will be again. We all know that the fullest and most complete description of these end time events are given in the book of Revelation from chapter 6 to 19. These Old Testament prophet descriptions are very short, the words of Jesus are very limited. Most of the description of what's going to happen in these end time events are found in the book of Revelation. In those chapters, you remember, of 6 to 19, we have described a series of judgments that are coming from heaven on this earth. Let me just just list some of them here right quickly. For instance, there are seven seals that are going to be broken. Did, Did you get me there? I think I punched the wrong button here. Let me get back up here. Yeah. There are seven seals that are going to be broken. Apocalyptic horses are going to appear in the heavens. Some of the greatest earthquakes the world has ever known is going to shake this earth. Stars are going to fall out of their sockets. And men are going to hide themselves in caves and dens and cry for the mountains to fall on them to keep them from the wrath that is coming. In chapters 8 to 11, seven trumpets are going to sound. And they're going to sound and things are going to start happening. One third of the vegetation of the earth is going to be burned with fire. Waters are going to turn to blood. The lights in the heavens are going to dim. The bottomless pit is going to be open. And locust like animals are going to come out that have the power to sting men. And make men want to die but they can't die. In fact they'll try to kill themselves and they can't kill themselves. A pain. A sting. So bad. That men will try to die, but they can't. They're going to suffer. The sting of those scorpions that are coming up out of the lake of fire. Chapter 10, seven thunders are going to utter their voices. And that was something, I guess, so horrible. The Lord said to John, you don't even tell them what those are going to be. You don't even tell, them, you don't even write down what you saw. Are you getting the picture I'm painting? No, I'm not painting it. The Lord's painting it in Revelation. Are you getting this picture? The seven thunders sound their voices. In chapter 12, a great red dragon is going to appear none other than the devil himself. See, a lot of people think the devil's on the earth now. How many of you know the devil's not on this earth? He's the prince of the air just above our heads. He sends demonic powers to do his work. How many of you know the devil's not on this earth right now? One day the bottomless pit's going to open up and he's going to appear himself on the earth and set himself up. Two other beasts in chapter 13 are going to appear. And then in chapter 14, seven angels with seven bowls full of wrath are going to come and one by one pour out the bowl of wrath on this earth. That's after all this other has happened. No wonder Jesus said there's never been anything like it. And there never will be anything like it again. We're talking about the great tribulation that is coming to this world. In the coming weeks, the Lord willing, we're going to take a broad view of these events. We're going to do an overview of all these events I've just listed. We're going to do an overview. Jesus calls this time the time of great tribulation the time of great tribulation we're going to do an overview of it the Lord willing in the next few weeks the next few Sundays we're going to get as much of it in as we can but before we get to those details I want to set the stage this morning for these awful events I want to set the stage for what we're going to be looking at in more detail in messages to come There are at least 12 names for this awful time that is to be found in the Bible. There's at least 12 names recorded there. But of all the 12, the word tribulation seems to be the most accurate. The word tribulation seems to be the one that describes best this period of human history. Jesus called it the great Tribulation. The great tribulation. So that's the primary term that I'm going to use. Now what do we know about this great tribulation? What do we know in broad context? We're setting the stage now for what we're going to look at in detail. What do we know about this thing we call the great tribulation? Well, we know when it's going to begin. We know when the tribulation is going to begin. Did I do a slide on that? I think I, nope. nope, didn't do it. Okay, I didn't go that far. We're going to look at, because we know when this is going to begin. It's going to begin right after the rapture of the church. Sometime, it may not be the next day, may not be keep in mind, again, when we talk about these things, that the time frame is not nailed down to the day or the week. We just know there is there one will follow right on the heels of the other. Some in heaven, some on earth, some in hell. Remember the three stages. Sometime after the rapture. Sometime after the church is yonder in heaven, we're in in front of the judgment seat, receiving our rewards, seeing loved ones that have gone before us and being reunited, having a hallelujah time. Down here on this earth, all this is going to start. Down here on this earth, it's all going to start. It's going to begin when the church is gone. and Here's why it's going to begin then. Here's something so important to remember. Here's a piece of this thing. I wish I had time to stop and preach about it. But see what's going to happen. How many of you know when the church goes, the Holy Spirit's power and influence is going? Can you imagine a world where the power and restraint of the Holy Spirit is pretty much taken out? Can you imagine a world You think things seem godless now? You wait till then. You think things seem bad now? You wait till then. You wait till his church is gone. And the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit, the restraining power. I don't think the Holy Spirit will be totally gone, but the restraining power of the Holy Ghost will be gone. He's going to lift his hand off of this thing because his church is gone. Can you imagine, can you imagine what is going to happen there? And that's when all this is going to begin. Now, what do we know about its duration? We know when it's going to start. How long does this tribulation last? Well, that truth is found in one of the most profound prophecies in all the Bible. One of the most profound prophecies about end time in all the Bible is Daniel chapter 9. You ought to read that chapter this week. Daniel chapter 9 where the angel Gabriel appears to Daniel. And he relates to him a prophecy that has come to be known as the prophecy of the 70 weeks. The prophecy of the 70 weeks of Daniel. The 70 weeks. What Gabriel is trying to do here is to show Daniel in a numerical formula the history of the people of Israel. He's outlining the history of the nation of Israel. It is a summary of what is going to happen before Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom. What what this 70 weeks thing is all about, this great prophecy, one of the most astounding in all the Bible. Is a prophecy that uh, explains what's going to happen before Jesus sets up His millennial kingdom and rules on this earth forever and forever. How many of you know one day Jesus is going to rule this earth forever and forever? Won't need no donkey, won't need no elephant. Now none of that crowd that follows Him. The King's coming. <laughs> The king is coming, and he's going to set up his kingdom. And that's what all this prophecy of the 70 weeks is all about. It's a summary of what's going to happen just before Jesus comes to set up his kingdom. Now, the first two, uh, this prophecy breaks down into three periods, three time periods. The first two have already taken place, and I don't have time to go through those. It's past history has to do primarily with the Jewish nation. The whole prophecy has to do primarily with the Jewish nation. The first two of these three events in Daniel's prophecy have already happened. The last one, at the end of that, of this period, the Messiah was going to be cut off at the end of these first two, the thing that was going to happen was Messiah was going to be cut off. That's the crucifixion of Jesus. He was going to be cut off. That's when the crucifixion, and that was the second phase, the second part of the prophecy from Daniel. The events, well that leaves then, I'm getting ahead of myself, that leaves one week. If if we had time to dissect the 70 weeks, the first two stages are passed, and the first two stages cover 69 years of that 70-year prophecy. By the way, in that prophecy, each year represents not just 12 months as we know it, but each year or each week, Represents actually seven years. So, actually, this prophecy covers 490 years. It actually covers 490 years. So, the first 69 weeks, the first has taken place. There's one week left. The events of the 70th week, remember we said a week equals what? Every day represents a year. So, a week represents seven years. Every week of that 70 year prophecy represents seven a year so 70 69 of those 70 have passed that leaves one week 7 years that have not yet been fulfilled now watch this you're going to see how all this fits together between the 69th and the 70th week there is a time gap between week 69 and 70 of Daniel's prophecy in the scheme of the Jewish history, the events of the 70th week have not taken place. Why? Because there's a time gap between year 69 and year 70. There's a time gap known as the church age. There's a time gap between the 60th year, the 60th week, and the 70th week. And it's known as the church age. In other words, the age that we're living in right now. Do you understand we're living in the time gap between the 69th week of Daniel's prophecy and the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy? We're living in the time gap between the two. The 69th week of his prophecy ended when Messiah was cut off, when they crucified Jesus. And the 70th week hasn't started yet because there's a time gap in there known as the church age. And that's where you and I are living right now. When Jesus came to this earth the first time, the Jewish nation rejected his claims and crucified him. Watch this. When that happened, God's prophetic clock for the Jewish nation stopped ticking. When they cut off Messiah, God's clock for this 70 years, the time clock that this is re- related to the Jewish nation, God's time clock for the Jewish nation stopped ticking at the end of week 69. And a time Time gap started between for the church age. That's where we're living this morning. We're living between the times of the Jewish nation and what the Bible calls the times of the Gentiles. In other words, the age of grace, the church age. We're living in what the Bible calls the times of the Gentiles it's our time, it's our day to get right with God. It's our day for God to reveal himself to us. But one of these days the clock marking the times of the Gentiles is going to stop ticking and the clock for God's Jewish people and the whole world is going to start ticking again for the final last week the final last week Seven years. Remember we said a week is seven years. In this prophecy, when you talk about weeks, you're talking about each week being a seven-year time period. So in other words, God will start the historical clock of the Jewish nation again. It'll run for, 70, for seven years, which will be the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy And all that is going to play out in the context of what we call the great tribulation. The great tribulation is going to be the playing out of the last week of Daniel's prophecy of 70 weeks. The great tribulation will be the last period of the seven years. This will be the general time frame for... The great tribulation. The great tribulation is going to last roughly once it starts. Once the church is taken out of here. And our clock, the Gentile clock, stops ticking. The clock will start ticking again for Daniel's 70 years prophecy. The 70th year will begin. Or 70th season. And it runs then for seven years. In other words, the final chain of events are going to start. When the church is taken out of here, the final chain of events will start. And a great political creature, person, is going to appear called the Antichrist. He will set the stage for a chain of events that will bring chaos to this world and will bring the ultimate revelation of our Lord to this earth again. You see how all this is playing out? You see, I'm setting the stage for you this morning. You see how it's all playing out? Right now we're living in the church age. Right now we're living in the age of grace. Right now we're living in the time to get right with God. If you're ever going to get right with God, you better get right. Because I don't know when the clock's going to stop ticking on this church age. I have no idea. That's the part we don't know. Jesus made it plain. You don't know when I'm coming. You don't know when the clock's going to stop ticking. But it's going to. And you better be ready. Listen to me. Listen to me, every person in this building from the top of the balcony to the front row. Listen to me, folks. Listen to me. You better be ready. The clock is ticking. The clock is running. And it's going to stop. The trumpet's going to sound. And this awful time of the last week, the last seven years of great tribulation are coming on this earth. A time that Jesus said you've never seen anything like it. And you'll never see anything like it again. Do you hear what Jesus is warning us about? When this clock starts ticking again for the Jewish nation, Tied to Daniel's prophecy. And the clock stops ticking for the church age and we're gone. Jesus said, something's going to settle in on this earth like it has never seen before. And we'll never see again. It's called the great tribulation. So we know when it's going to happen we know how long it's going to last. So here's the bottom line. While the saints of God are yonder receiving their rewards, while they're yonder being reunited with loved ones, those loved ones that you followed out to the cemetery, lowered into the ground that were ready to go, you'll be up yonder dancing on the streets of glory with them. (laughs) You'll be up there rejoicing with them. All of heaven's going to be singing, shouting, rejoicing. Somewhere in that time frame, the great marriage supper of the Lamb's going to take place. Down here on this earth, on the other stage, something's going to start happening like the world has never seen before. And we'll never see again for its ugliness and its terror and its torment. That's the next big thing. We'll be yonder. But the final seven years of time, in other words, the final seven years of time will start ticking again on this earth. Do you understand there's coming a period for the, of seven last years for this earth as we know it. Now he's going to make the earth all over again. He's going to renew it, burn it with fire. You know, we, all that's coming. We'll still be back on earth one of these days, but not this old earth. going to be made brand new. <laughs> going to be made brand new. But the final last years, the final last days... Are going to be ticking away and the great man of sin is going to appear, the Antichrist. We'll talk about him next sermon or so. He's going to appear and the world is going to enter into a time of chaos and destruction. Unlike anything it has ever seen for those last seven years. The Lord willing, in the coming messages, we're going to unpack some of what's going to be going on in those seven years. We'll start tonight unpacking. We'll start tonight unpacking some of what's going to happen during those seven years that Jesus said is unlike anything you've ever seen. We're going to start unpacking it tonight. I want to ask you a question. Come on, Rhonda. I want to close with one question. It's a question. If you've ever answered a question, you need to answer this one. Where will you be when all this is going on? Which stage are you going to be on? The one yonder in the heavens, rejoicing around the throne, receiving rewards for the way you've lived here, hugging the necks of your loved ones, rejoicing, running up and down the streets of glory with them, participating in the marriage supper of the Lamb. You going to be there? Are you going to be here on this stage getting ready to go into things like Jesus said the world has never seen and will never see again? Which stage are you going to be on? Where will you be? Where will you be When the last seven years of this earth's history is being played out, where will you be? I know where I intend to be by God's help and grace, and it ain't here. Don't come to Maidan looking for me if you left. I plan to be gone. Will you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Folks, we are living in the last days of time. The final countdown is about to begin. And in the words of the songwriter we used to sing, where will you be when the last trumpet sound? Where will you be? Where will you be? Left here to go through all this? Or yonder in the heavens? Rejoicing with the King. Loving on your loved walking up and down the streets of clover where do you intend to be heads bowed eyes closed I wonder if there's somebody here this morning saying, would say brother me brother Marley I'm not ready I'm not sure I'm ready I'm not sure I've given my heart to him I'm not sure I'm in right relationship I don't want to be left here see here's the thing that makes this so important that trumpet could sound today the Gentile clock the the clock of the day of grace could stop ticking today I wonder if there's somebody here that will say I'm not sure that I'm ready but I'd like to be would you just slip up your hand take it down again say pray for me Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. I'm not sure that I'm ready, but I want to be. I want to be. I want to be ready when that great trumpet sounds. I want to be ready. Jesus come. I wonder those of you that raised your hand, would you like to come and just stand here and let me have a closing prayer with you? Let others come with you might want to come would you be willing to come you can do it right there where you stand but somehow I think there's just something about coming forward that makes it a little special that's right come on others you raised your hand come on come on you need to come you know you're not quite ready come on I need two or three together around this one. come on come on Come on, I'm not sure, Brother Marley. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I want to be ready. Would you just bow your heads right where you are, join us in prayer. Join us in prayer. Father, help me today. Father, I want to know. Yes. I want to know that Thank I'm ready. You. Hallelujah. <laughs> this will be the hallelujah. Lord, we call, call I want again. to know that I'm ready, uh, Jesus. Forgive Thank me you, of every sin. Thank you, God. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I confess today that you are Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I confess today that you are that you are the Lord of this universe you're Lord of my life I receive you now I believe you came I believe you died for my sins I believe you rose again the Bible says if you believe that it will confess it with your mouth and ask him he will forgive you of every sin into his kingdom. Father, do it right now. I pray. <laughs> Thank you, Father, you I believe you're doing it right now. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Jesus. you, Come into my heart right now. Forgive me of every sin, every failure, every mistake. Give me. Give me a clean heart. <laughs> Make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. I confess it. I believe it. I receive it right now. Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I believe it is believe, Lord, Lord, give her the peace that passes understanding. Give her the peace that passes understanding. Give her that peace this morning, I pray, That assurance. She'll be ready when that trumpet sounds. I ask it in Jesus' name. Do you believe He's done that work? <laughs> Thank you, Father thank him for it. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for doing the work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Another one's come home. We ought to thank him for it. We ought to praise him for it. (laughs) Give him a praise offering. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Lord, I pray that somehow you won't let a man, woman, boy, or girl in this congregation be lost when that day comes. (laughs) Lord, don't let one that is set in this sanctuary under this preaching and and, and seen so many opportunities. Please don't let one of them be lost. Please don't let one of them be lost, I pray. I pray in Jesus' name that your convicting power smite hearts, change lives. I ask it. In your holy name. In your holiness.